Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. In this audio from September 2021, former U.S. Senator Rick Santorum makes his first public address as a senior advisor for Convention of States in Madison, Wisconsin. This fella has traveled the country repeatedly. He has been here, what, four or five times now? Yeah, and he, we, you know, we've been through this legislative process twice, so he has helped out Wisconsin a ton. And I just, you know, I don't really know what else to say. Just thank you for being here, every time. So the, fir the first thing I want to do is recognize Joanne. You guys have an extraordinary state leader here, and leadership is in the doing. It's not in the saying, it's not in the title, it's not because somebody appointed somebody, it's because somebody steps up and actually does the work. You guys have a great state leadership team, generally a lot of great DCs, but we need to give Joanne Laufenberg the recognition she deserves. You know, leadership, honestly, real leaders, people who actually step into a position of leadership at any level, it's kind of a rare thing. It's not everybody that's willing to put themselves on the line. It's not everybody who steps up into a position of leadership that then maintains their principles. It's not easy, actually. And the higher one goes in politics, when you get up to the national level, the pressures that come to bear, the fundraising pressures, the caucus pressures, the public pressures, the situational pressures are extraordinary. And we all know, we watch folks in Washington, D.C., we send a lot of people to D.C., and they get there and we think, what happened? I saw that person on the trail. I shook their hand. I listened to their speeches. I knew what they were going to do when they got to Washington, D.C. And it seemed like, in a lot of instances, not always, but in a lot of instances, they didn't even try, is what it seemed like from our perspective on the outside. The, the people who go to D.C., and carry their principles unbent with them all the way through, that's a very short list. I've known a few of them in my lifetime. I've had the privilege. You know, Senator Tom Coburn was a friend and a mentor, somebody I miss dearly every day. And when we lost Tom to cancer, I sort of, there was a void. I felt like those shoes can't be filled. And he was, I was very close with Tom. He mentored me a lot over these last five years. I learned a lot from him. And so when he passed, I just, I had had no thought of how we would replace him. I didn't think you ever could replace him. And, and I would say, to be fair, Tom was irreplaceable. But God brought somebody across my path that I should have thought of long before. And he's somebody that I've been friends with before we ever engaged in politics together. We've been hunting together. We've sat around and hung out together. And I knew him as a man before I knew him as a politician. I knew him on the political scene, but we had just never engaged politically. And I had a chance to get him to, to know him as a man and to hear about his family and to hear about his life and to understand his principles. And I realized, wow, this is another one of those guys who never bent his principles, who made it to the highest level of American politics, the highest level of accolades, all the attention, running presidential campaigns, being in the spotlight. And the one thing that you could always say about Rick Santorum is he would tell you what he believed and then he would go act on it and there was no variance between those two things. 
This is the first time that Rick and I have had a chance to appear together publicly since he became a senior advisor at Convention of States. So it is an honor and a privilege to introduce you to a true American statesman, my friend Rick Santorum. Thank you very much, Mark. That was, uh, that was very kind. It is, uh, it's been a joy to be able to work with you and uh, your history of uh, grassroots leadership. Leadership uh, uh, of grassroots organizations is, is legendary, and uh, I can tell you the conservative movement owes Mark a debt of gratitude, not just for what he's doing with Convention of States, but what he's done on a whole variety of other uh, organizations he's worked with over the years. You've been a, a, a tremendous leader, and uh, I thank you for all the great work he's doing. He deserves another round of applause for the great work he does. Uh, now, I have to say, this is my first time here at the Capitol. Uh, some of you may remember, uh, nine years ago, I, uh, I ran for president, and I campaigned a lot. Thank you. I campaigned a lot across the state of Wisconsin. I spent almost two weeks here in Wisconsin campaigning, but I was running in a Republican Party, and so I had no reason to come to Dane County. Uh, and and so, so it's the first time I've been here. And and if you recall, uh, back in 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 2012, when I was campaigning, there was a more important race going on. Even though the presidential election was then, uh, there was a more important race going on in Wisconsin, and I wouldn't wouldn't ever dare to be caught near the Capitol at that time because it was occupied by a bunch of crazy people, uh, if you recall, uh, that uh, were trying to throw out Scott Walker. And so uh, it is, it, to, see the, to be here and see all the pictures and now be where all these crazy people were is sort of a neat thing. Um, and it's, it's, so it is great to be here. For all of you who supported me in 2012, thank you. For those of you who didn't support me in 2012 and voted for Mitt Romney, I told you so. That's all I have to say. Um, the, uh, it, it is great to be back. Uh, I always uh, tell people when I campaign for president, I campaigned in 30 states. And other than the early primary states like Iowa and New Hampshire, there are only two states that really stuck out that I talk about uh, how fun it was and interesting it was uh, th that I felt really a connection with uh, in, in campaigning across the country. And one was Louisiana because you just can't beat the food in Louisiana. I mean, it's just, there's just no better place to, to, to run around. And the second was here. Uh, I really loved campaigning in Wisconsin. I remember going bowling in Sheboygan and going on Lambeau Field and trying to do the Lambeau Leap, not even close. Uh, but I, I, I went around the state and it felt so much. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. It just felt so much like the, the you know, the, the, the great blue-collar, wonderful uh, values that I grew up with in, in, my, in, in my home in uh, north of Pittsburgh. And so uh, it is great to be back here. This is, as Mark mentioned, we've never done anything together. This is the first uh, uh, time that I've done anything publicly with Convention of the States. And it's really interesting. It's where I ended my presidential campaign. This was the last state I I, uh, I, I ran my presidential campaign, in, and now this is the first state I'm starting this new chapter in, uh, in, my, uh, in my career. So this is great to be here. 
Let me thank the sponsors of this legislation. Let me thank all of you who are volunteers, all of you who are here today uh, to, uh, to stand up and do something that's really important. Uh, I was, when I first heard about Convention of the States, I wasn't quite sure what I thought because I'd heard all these arguments against it from people who I thought were, you know, were thinking conservatives. And so I sort of sat back and really didn't do much. Uh, and, and then, uh, then Washington, which was, even when I was there, was somewhat out of control. And it, it, we, have, we have gone off the deep end. Washington, D.C. has completely lost its sanity. And, you know, to look at the expansion of spending and power that is accumulating in Washington and now set to even take a, 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 a bigger explosion of federal power, uh, if now is not the time to do it, let me just assure you, what's happening in America today, and we're seeing this, you all know this, I mean, if you look at our, our colleges, obviously, here in, in Madison, but it's not just, it used to be just Madison. Now it's all the colleges are like, are like Madison. They're like University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not unique anymore. Every public university, almost all of the colleges and universities across this country are now indoctrinating the next generation of leaders of our country and have been for 30 or 40 years now. Now our public schools are doing it. Hollywood's been doing it for 30 or 40 years. The news media, now it's obvious what they're doing, but they've been doing it surreptitiously for, since I was a young person. How do we expect the next generation, if we don't solve this problem now, if we don't get this federal government under control and stop this march towards socialism and, and the elimination of any rights for the states, for the localities, and most importantly, the people, if we don't stop it now, do you think the generation that is being molded and shaped by the left who controls all the levers of powers from big tech to big business to big colleges, universities, everything, do you think that generation is going to is is fight like we're fighting? I hate to say it, it's not surprising we don't see a ton of young people here because they've been already brainwashed. If we have any hope it's now. And so I would talk to the legislators here. I had an opportunity this morning to talk to the Senate in their, in their caucus. And here's what I would say that I didn't say then. I wish I had. If, and I would say it in the Democratic caucus as well as the Republican caucus. You are state legislators. What is the problem of, not, of, having, of having amendments that stop Washington from telling you how to do your job? What is, what is the problem, Democrat or Republican, to having the federal government mandate that you do this or spend money this way or regulate this way? Don't you want to do your job? Don't you believe in your own ability to do what's best for your own state? Or do you really need Washington to tell you how to be a senator or, or House member? I don't know how any Republican who says they believe in freedom, could not support this. How can you stand up and say, I believe in freedom, I believe in, in the rights of free people to govern themselves, and then not pass a law that stops Washington from telling you how you're going to run your schools, 
How are you going to run your hospitals? How are you going to run everything in your life? These truly are liberty amendments. And if not now, when? Because I tell you, things aren't getting better. We have an opportunity, and here you are in Wisconsin. Here, the, the, the opportunity now, as Washington considers this blowout of spending, $5 trillion, programs that are going to cover you cradle to grave, and have government involved in every aspect of your family and of your life and of your business. Taxing people. Anybody who succeeds are going to get nailed with huge taxes. We're going to crush business. We're going to hurt your state. Wisconsin now has an opportunity to stand up right in the middle of that debate and fire a shot for liberty. So I would ask you just what everybody else has asked you. Please talk to your senators. I know most of them are on board, and maybe enough. But we need them all. Anybody says, well, I'm worried about a Wonderweight convention. Do you realize that any amendment that's proposed by this convention has to get 38 state legislatures to ratify it? What country do they live in that they think that any right that you care about would be affirmed by 38 states? That would be destroyed, I should say, by 38 states? No way. This is all upside. There's no downside here. All the downside is happening right now in Washington. So anybody that says, oh, we're worried about this, or we're worried about that, the bottom line, from my perspective, they're afraid to take the responsibility to govern. We need people at a time when our country needs patriots, at a time when our freedoms are really, truly on the line, to stand up. Stand up for the country that is the last best hope. A country that believes, unlike any other country in the world, in you. Believes in free people. The people of Washington who are in power right now do not believe in you. They believe in them. They believe that they should tell you how to do everything in your life because they know better than you whether it's a mask, whether it's a needle in your arm, whether it's how you raise your children, what they're educated in, whatever it is, they believe they know better. This is the opportunity. This, right here, this is it. Washington is not going to fix Washington. Wisconsin has to fix Washington. Thank you for being here. People ask me all the time, you know, why did you get back into the fray? Well, 
you know, I spent four and a half years at CNN getting my butt kicked, so why not? <laughs> I've been at this. I got first elected to Congress when I, in, when I was 32 years old in 1990. And I was under attack before Donald Trump even thought about being in politics. So I know what it's like. And people ask me, why do you want to come out here and get your butt kicked again? And the answer is very simple. Because your country needs us. And here's the interesting thing. America doesn't need you to put on a uniform and carry a gun. They don't need you to go out there and risk your life to protect your freedom. They need you in every aspect of your life to stand up and do the job of a patriot, to defend the freedoms of this country, not to be afraid to tell your kids the truth, not to be afraid to go to work and stand for the truth, even though it might even cost you your job. It's not going to cost you your life. And a lot of people have given a lot more. This is a unique time in America. We don't need soldiers. We need patriots. Every single day, coming here to the Capitol, going to their business, speaking out in their churches, who've gone soft. The other side has changed this country because they were passionate, committed, and were willing to make sacrifices. And let me just be honest with you. They did it on our watch. I look around this rotunda and I see a lot of people around my age. Is America the country that you were given when you were born? Are we as free as we were? Are we as proud of our country? Are our principles the same? No. How did that happen? I always tell people the best place to look is in the mirror. We let it happen. We're going to be the first generation of Americans who were given this great gift, and we're not going to have that gift to pass on to the next generation. And people tell me all the time, what should I do? And of course, the answer is do something. But there is nothing more important you can do to revive the American dream, to stop this march toward despotism, totalitarianism, and socialism, which is destroying this country, than to call a convention of the states to get this country back on the right track. For those of you who said you've been doing a lot, thank you. But here's my response to that. It's not enough. Until we get this vote, we have work to do. And so I'd ask each and every one of you, first, to get on your knees, 
and pray and ask God to bless this country because we have walked away from him. But we see in the Bible there's just a few good people. Ask him to help. Even though we have gone astray, he will honor that. So please pray, work, and don't give up. God bless you. Senator Rick Santorum. Check out more content at conventionalstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.